Greetings, folks. We're now leaving for Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom, Disneyland, USA. Please sit well back in your seat and remain seated while our tram is in motion. For those of you returning to the hotel, our tram makes a round trip every 10 minutes. Should you wish to return via the Disneyland Allweg monorail system, you may board the trains in Tomorrowland for a journey directly to the hotel terminal. There are several ways to visit Disneyland, and we're sure you'll find one of the ticket plans suited to your individual needs. Information is posted at the main entrance. Should you have any questions, our Disneyland hostesses nearby will be glad to help you. We're now approaching Disneyland's main entrance. When we have completely stopped, please exit to the left of the tram. Do not cross between the cars or in front of the driver. To the left only, please and watch your step. Thank you, folks, and we hope you have an enjoyable stay here in the Magic Kingdom, Disneyland, USA. Good morning, and welcome to Disneyland. You're now standing in Town Square, USA, in a typical American town at the turn of the last century. While you're waiting for the remainder of Disneyland to open, you may visit a few of the attractions already open in Town Square. From the Disneyland and Santa Fe Railroad Station, you can journey around the perimeter of the Magic Kingdom, passing through the backwoods country, Indian Territory, the Grand Canyon Diorama, and the Primeval World. In the Opera House, enjoy great moments with Mr. Lincoln, the amazing, realistic figure of our 16th president, brought to life through the wonders of audio animatronics. If you're holding a ticket for one of our informative guided tours, you'll find the tour garden just to the left of City Hall. Brighten your morning with a cup of delicious Hills Brothers coffee or browse through the Disneyland Emporium. For your convenience, rental cameras may be obtained from the Kodak shop on Main Street. Rental lockers in the Global Van Lines building. Restrooms are located just off the veranda between City Hall and the fire station. Have a happy day in Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. You just tuned in to the only podcast that brings Disney and technology closer to home. Welcome to the DizCast with your host, Mark Silverman. Today is Friday, September 10th, 2010, and this is show number 33 of the DizCast. On this week's show, I'm joined by Kyle as we discuss both Apple's music event, which they released the new iPods for this fall holiday lineup, and D23's Destination D, Disneyland 55. But before we get to all that, we have some contact information. You can find us on the web at syllabies.com forward slash discast, email the show at podcast.syllabies.com, follow us over on Twitter at twitter.com slash discast, or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the discast. And now, on with the show.
Joining me now on the show is someone absolutely no stranger to the Dishcast. He's joined us many times in the past. He is Kyle Duffield. Kyle, how you doing? Hey, Mark, to be back. and keep away from enjoying it. I guess not. <laughs> Kyle has decided to join me today to talk about Apple's new line of iPods for the winter holiday season. And I'm officially a Mac now. Let's just get that out in the open. Woo-hoo. He has officially changed and come over to the other side from PC to Mac. Welcome to the better side. Welcome to the dark side. The dark side, yes. So, yeah, I mean, it all started Wednesday where uh, Steve Jobs held the Apple Music event releasing the new iPods for the holiday lineup this winter. And, well, there are a few surprises, few non-surprises, there was mixed reactions, there was stuff I personally think Apple has failed on, and there was stuff I think that they've done a good job. Well, you know, the cool thing was that they actually live-streamed the entire event uh, online, too. Yeah, that, that was really cool. I was able to watch the whole thing off my iPhone, and anybody with a Mac and Safari was able to watch it, too. Yeah, I, w- I watched the whole thing. The only problem was near the end it started to have some issues, and I think that's because a lot of people were just watching it at once. But uh, from that, it was perfect. It was great quality. Yeah, I was. It's the first time they've ever done that. Cause usually, you have to share keynote later on in the week or on their website, or you have to find someone on Ustream or someone who's streaming it. But I've said that was a nice touch by Apple. So they, you know, honestly, if they're going to be doing this later on for all their press events, it's going to make a life a whole lot easier to watch these things. I think they're trying to combat with the uh, bloggers. Um, and it was funny because I started watching the live stream before the event started and they were like, kind of spying on people and showing yeah. the MacBook. And you can see them, they're bloggers. They're, they're getting their blog ready for when he comes up and talks and they start laughing. I thought that was, thought that was really funny. Brothers watching. Big, Big apples, apples watchers. Exactly. <laughs> well, when Steve finally did come out, we can... You know, pick a product to talk about. Well, I might as well start with the shuffle. That's where we start. Yeah, so we'll start with the brand new or um, brand, brand new. Um, it's not really fitting, new. but the somewhat brand new. Back from the past iPod shuffle. Yes, the, the blast <laughs> from the past Apple iPod shuffle. You know, I never really had a problem with the shuffle. That that was my first iPod <laughs> that I bought years and years ago when it first came out. And for if you don't care about screens or anything like that. And you just want your music blaring while you're jogging or something. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, even as a runner or whatever, you know, for two, 40, 50 bucks, you get a 2 gig iPod shuffle. You can, you know, throw your music on there and just go. I honestly think that it was a, it has been, I guess, a good sell for Apple. I mean, it's hard to tell because it's their cheapest iPod they make. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, it's accessible. I mean, you can click, clip it onto your shirt. And you can just not worry about it. I definitely think Apple has a market for it, especially for running or whatever. But I mean, they went back to design. I mean, first it was all buttons, no voiceover. Then the last last year was a slim aluminum little thing that was for that was zero buttons and all voiceover. And now they've kind of combined the two and gone voiceover and a little small button thing. I think it's because so many people complain that there's no buttons. Uh, and I'm sorry, for an MP3 player, you have to have a button. I know Steve Jobs hates buttons, and that's why we only have, you know, really the home button on the iPhone other than the volume controls. Um, and we'll get into that later, because I, I have a feeling that the home button's going to be dead right. soon. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, it, it's nice for a small little MP3 player that it is. It's I mean, if it's your first MP3 player, pretty nice, I have to say. I, I, yeah, I, I like mean, it. it's, a, it's a cute little thing. You know, it, it does it, it does what it does, and you know, 
that's all you really can ask for a, such a small device. Oh, look at the pieces that I thought Jeff was so cute. Oh. And then we get over to its somewhat older brother, but somehow now same exact <laughs> little thing. The new iPod okay. Nanos. I just... Mm. Um, I'm not really sure to s where to start with this one. Well, okay, let's put it this way. They chopped the thing in half, got rid of the clip wheel, now it's just a tiny little screen. That's like the size of my thumb. As far as I see it, they maybe expanded the iPad shuffle just a little bit more, added a screen, and that's it. Okay, here's what they should have done, in my opinion, okay? They should have done, they should have gotten rid of, well, not gotten rid of the shuffle, but made the shuffle the new Nano. And then with the Nano, what they should have done was, in the previous generation, the screen was bigger, right? Yes. They should have got rid of the click wheel and then left the screen as a touch screen. I think that would have been perfect. I think that would have been awesome. I would have I would have gotten that just for that. Oh yeah, I mean, now I honestly think it's way too small. They made the screen taller, wide, a little bit wider, they added a video camera to it, you know, who knows where that is now in the new model. Well, they cut out the camera, and it won't even play video anymore. Well, I don't well, there's a reason why, because the screen's so small. Small, right. I don't know. To me, it feels like they completely, completely downgraded the Nano. I can understand, you know, just a screen and touch. I think that'd be beautiful, but really, in such a small little screen... I mean, it's neat that it has this little iOS going on. I don't know if it, that's, like, an exact version of iOS, but it's just, like, a skimmed-down version of it. Yeah, but I do like it. I do like it. I like how it functions, how you can move the icons around, and you can touch your finger and your automatically back to the home screen. And I think by doing that, we might see that come to the iPhone and the iPad and the uh, home button disappear. kind of like the functionality of it, like an actual button being there for the home button or whatever, but, you know, it's kind of, it, from what I've read early reviews, it's, you know, you gotta get used to holding your finger down to get home or whatever, but, I mean, it's interesting. I, I mean, that's all I can really say about it. It's just, it's, my problem is it's so small, and I got big hands. My thumb will probably cover this thing up. Okay. I just I don't understand why they had to make it so small when they could just easily left the screen the same size it was before, and then just chop off the clip, the clip wheel. I can somewhat agree that you know no more clip wheel. That's fine. I can agree with that. I can see why because you know eventually everything's gonna be touch whatever. But to like really downgrade the screen like like a lot is just kind of pointless. And you're getting rid of a lot of the great features that it had last year. I mean, okay, well, the video camera wasn't all that great. Really, the only reason they add the video camera onto it is because they couldn't get it on the, on the touch. Right. And you're using the video playback, which, you know, I'm sure some people will use, but, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's there. It's losing a lot of features that it had last year, which is a shame. Yeah, it is. I mean, it completely lost video playback. You can, you know, yes, it loses the video camera, but, you know, the video camera was, I guess, a selling point for it. I mean, who knows? But... It, they really did lose a lot. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Maybe next year go do something more with it. But I just, I'm not gonna get. I just don't see the point of every getting a nano. No, per personally, I feel like when they, when Apple sees the sale numbers come in and they realize that they screwed up, it, it really <laughs> hasn't been selling. There, yeah, they're gonna be changing. Yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I can see it now because yeah. that's not gonna be a pretty day in Cupertino. Nope. But then, we move on to its bigger, and personally, I think now, really, really mm -hmm. nice brother, mm -hmm. the brand new iPod Touch. Yeah. I, I honestly think it's about time. I think they should have had the camera a 
long, long time ago. Yeah, they should have had this all for sure. But it looks now really good. The fact that now there's both a rear and front-facing camera, you know, this is going to be a big seller for us. Well, plus FaceTime is a lot more uh, out there now because a lot more people can use it. Yeah. I mean, my sister has a last-generation iPad, and she wants to sell it and get the new one just for the camera. Yeah, I mean, that camera feature's gonna look really nice. I mean, yes, there's no flash or whatever, but... Well, I mean, that's not a huge deal. I mean, you can just... Nah, but it's for a small, prop portable camera with FaceTime for video chatting. It's really... You know, I think this is gonna be a huge seller. Plus, you have all thousands and thousands of apps on the App Store that already run on the iPhone. You know, then you have this new Retina display yep. screen they added to Yeah, it. I was just about to say that. That screen is just amazing. Have you seen it in person? Yeah, I, I've seen it on the iPhone before. It's that beautiful. Oh, it's, I can't get over how beautiful that screen is. It, it's the most high-def screen on a portable device I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It, it, that screen is absolutely gorgeous. So they added that. They've added all the games from the app, so which is going to look absolutely amazing. You know, and FaceTime, so you can now talk with not only iPod users, but iPhone 4 users, which is going to help expand that market. You know, honestly, I, I, I think this is going to be a big seller for Apple. I would not be surprised if... Probably by the next keynote, if we see uh, a front-facing camera coming to the iPad. Uh, I honestly, I honestly think uh, that's coming. Yeah, I think that uh, no, no doubt about it, that's coming. I don't know if they'll put a camera on the back of it. Cause I don't think that makes a lot of sense. But definitely on the front. You know, I think this is gonna be a huge seller for Apple. I would not be surprised if you if you can't find this thing. For a well, while. A quote from Steve Jobs: "This is the iPhone without the phone." Oh yeah, and see, it's the iPhone without the phone and the contract yeah. and everything. Else. It's definitely as close as you can get. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't want an iPhone 4 because of the pricing and you don't want to be stuck on at and I mean, that, that's your next best, best bet to go. For sure. And it's thin. I can't believe how thin that is. They made, it, they made it even thinner than last year. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why they can't get Flash on it. Because Flash is... You can't be that thin. I mean, but that, that's crazy. Look at the iPhone 4. The iPhone 4 is thin. Oh, yeah. It's a lot thinner than 3GF. No, especially because it's a flat back. Oh, yeah, I love that. I mean, it doesn't feel like far soap anymore. <laughs> That's the one thing that bugged me about the iPhone 3G. It felt more like a toy than an actual phone. It felt more like an iPhone. And I don't want my phone to feel like an iPhone. I want my phone to feel like an actual phone. And I bought cases for the iPhone 3G to make it feel like a phone. But now, I don't even like putting a case on my iPhone 4. It's just so beautiful without a case on it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a piece of art. I'm sorry. Man. It is. I'm, okay. I don't mean to sound corny, but it's... Right. Well, it sure as hell looks like it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Now, now, before we completely move on to the Apple TV, which we'll get to in a second, you know, there is one Apple iPod that completely missed out on the event this year, and that was the Classic. Well, there's a reason why, because there's really nothing else to do with the Classic at this point. There was definitely a point where people were just like, wait a second, or is this mean you're really getting rid of the classic completely or is you know is classic no longer mm. part of apple's lineup i like, think there's still a market for it because a lot of people are if you go on youtube a lot of people buy it just to have it as a flash drive mm -hmm. where they can store all their music on it 250 gigs is a lot yeah i, I have nowhere close to 250 gigs worth of song nor would i ever need 250 gigs worth of song yeah i mean that's crazy you're right though i mean what more can apple do i mean you could probably dr drop the price on it if they wanted to but i think that's gonna happen that's not the biggest thing this year. The biggest thing which I think most people saw coming was Apple's quote-unquote hobby, <laughs> Apple TV. Yeah. 
I was actually quite shocked when he announced it because I didn't think that this would even come into play with this event, but I, I guess so. Definitely fits along the lines of Apple's event this year. Which, you know, you have the iPod Shuffle, the iPod Nano, very able to fit in the palm of your hand. Apparently, so can the uh, Apple TV. Since I got my Mac, I was really interested in the Apple TV because I have a lot of uh, video content on my computer and a lot of music and stuff like that. And to have that on my HD TV, which is in my room, I think that'd be awesome. That's one of the reasons why I was looking at the TV, but I looked away from it because of the price. The price was expensive. The price was expensive. You still had to sync everything to your computer. You had to worry about hard drive space. Yeah. It just honestly wasn't a good thing. And I can see why Apple, you know, well, Steve Jobs called it a hobby. Mm-hmm. But I think now they're definitely moving in the right direction. Smaller now, you have a lot more access to new movies with rentals and stuff. Mm-hmm. TV shows are now gonna earn 99 cents so far with Fox and ABC. Well, in the, in, ABC. in the States, not up here. Well, not not in Canada. Not yet. Oh, well, eventually it will come. Eventually, but I mean, you have 99 cent TV rentals, Netflix streaming, mobile me streaming, Flickr streaming, YouTube streaming, photos from photos, music videos, all from your Mac, as you said. Yeah, and that's the that's my number one reason for getting. It. I mean, I could care less about TV rentals and all that stuff. I have half of my movies on my Mac because it's just so easy to burn stuff into your Mac and just have it there. I mean, and to be able and buy movies off of iTunes is easy as well. And to have that streamed onto your HDTV is just amazing. That looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, Steve Jobs showed that when he was doing with his uh, iPad, he was playing, he started playing uh, off on his iPad and then completely flipped it to the Apple TV, which I thought was amazing. What I thought was pretty cool is he, what movie was it? Iron Man 2? He rented and it was available within like 10 seconds. Yeah, there you go. And I thought so. either they have a fast Wi-Fi connection or that's, hopefully that's like the case for everybody. Well, I, I think it's both only because, you know, no one obviously had it, mm. but it looks really, really good. I mean, the price is perfect, 99 bucks. I mean, anyone can afford that thing. Small, you can, you can put it right on your desk and you notice it. Yeah, I mean, I would probably hide you find it in a small little cabinet, just have the wires running, and it would, and it still would work, work so much. Well. I'm definitely going to be buying one, so I'm looking forward to using it. Slowly, you know, yes, they have yet to build in full streaming with um, iPad and iPhone, but, you know, they said it's coming with this new AirPlay thing, which I think is going to be really good. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's really neat. Then, now, uh, let's move on to wonderful, wonderful iTunes 10 and Ping. Yeah. The failed Apple attempt at social networking. I think that's not fair to say it's a fail. I think it's a little bit too early. But um, like I told you earlier, I mean, they need to add more than just music. Mm-hmm. To have music on here is pointless. Because you can do that anywhere else. You can do that on Facebook. You can do that on Twitter. The one thing you can't do is apps on Facebook and Twitter. If they were to bring apps to Ping, that would make me very interested. I mean, I signed up for Ping just for doing anything with it because I don't know what to do. <laughs> but I mean, to have apps on there and maybe even movies, that would be cool. I would like it a lot better. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You gotta give this thing a chance, but at the same time, I mean... They're only opening up to 10, 50% of the market with movies. Or, sorry, music. I, it, it's, I guess we'll eventually get there. I mean, honestly, it can be completely never... It could be another hobby like, uh, like Apple TV is, but there's some features of thing where, as you said, it would probably take off if you added apps and movies and stuff like that. It would, I guarantee you it would. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I, I can see it if you're looking for apps, because as you, you know, the App Store is 25,000 apps, you know, there's probably and, some and really- growing. Yeah, and growing. And, go, growing, and there's probably some really cool app your friend has that you have zero idea about. 
that, you know, your friend goes, hey, check out this app, you know, that could be, like, your new favorite app on your iPhone or iPod Touch or even iPad, so iPad, yeah. that would, I think, make it worth it. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're just testing it to see how many people are going to sign up for it, but... Uh, I mean, honestly, it says, you know, you can keep up with your friends' music and follow your favorite artists. If you really want to follow your favorite artists, go like their Facebook page. Yeah. It gets to a point where they're right, but then they're missing the target a little. Yeah, just a little bit. Not by much, but it, it's there. And iTunes changed the icon for some reason. Yes, that's the other major thing, is iTunes and Apple completely changed the icon. I think Steve Jobs said it was because Apple, in, I think, April or something, is officially suppressing, um, is officially suppressing more digital downloads than, um, CDs, so I think they said it was about time to flip over to, you know, this brand new icon, which I kinda like. It's alright, I'm, it's growing on me. It's it's an icon. I mean, it's I mean, an icon. I have it in my dock. I gotta look at it every day. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 a program. And iTunes, you know, as we said, is has been for a long time a great music program. You know, great music playing program and everything. And with the iTunes Store, you know, for a while it's been phenomenal. So that hasn't changed. It, you know, just really the cover. Yeah. Well, I mean, they changed they changed the UI inside of the program a little bit. Not too much. Yeah, not too much. So, but I mean, it's, it's not hybrid. If you have more than five songs in an album, though, I guess it'll just make it better looking on the app. Yeah, so, some weird thing like that. But yeah. Anyway, and the other really surprise thing at the Apple event was the I was a little bit about the iOS 4.1 software update that's coming in a while. Yeah, they're adding high dynamic range photos to the iPhone 4, which is really nice. Yep. And what that does is, if you're outside. Um, a lot of complaints, and I've had this happen to me, because I've taken photos outside. It, the sun or the light will bounce off of the camera and kind of uh, make the photo look blurry or unexposed. Mm -hmm. And what this uh, program will do, it, it'll actually take three pictures at once in three different contracts and basically smoosh it all together to make it look nice. Mm -hmm. And there have been apps out there that have done that, and I haven't used them, but I guess Apple saw that and decided to add it onto the camera. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it now, and I think that's really going to help it a lot, because, yeah, as you said, you know, it's a, it comes down to, basically, it is a cell phone camera, but, you know, at the same time, they're really going to be improving it, so... Well, it's a, this camera is ten times better than the camera I have now. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm bringing this to my Disneyland trip. I'm not even taking my camera, so... It, it's, 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 it's pretty It's a good camera, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a fantastic camera. I mean, the other small stuff you're adding, you're finally adding Game Center. That took a while. Yeah, and they're adding uh, the ability to upload HD videos over Wi-Fi, which is a really good complaint. And it's, it's up to YouTube, but I mean, well, I, I can see that. I honestly thought you always could. I never realized you couldn't. Well, you could upload the video, but it wouldn't be in HD. Oh, I never did realize that, you can, that it wasn't in HD. People didn't realize that until they started uploading videos and pointed it out. And then Steve Jobs sent an email. It's coming, it's coming. Well, yeah, I mean that that's a that's a good feature that they're gonna add. I mean and then comes the pretty much not even shocker, but in four point two for the iPad, they're finally adding printing, which is something that they you know, everybody thought was gonna happen eventually. It just took a matter of time. Mm -hmm. You know, printing's gonna be really you know, it's something that I think the iPad has needed for a while and honestly I think it's gonna be a desktop killer. I, I like the way it looks too when you demo them. It looked really nice. I'd like to see this come to the iPhone personally. The iPad is now to me honestly a tablet killer. Oh yeah. It really is. This is like the new tablet. 
I might hold out for the next generation and get it, um, because I think more's going to be added to the next version of it, but I mean, it's nice. Yeah, I mean, they're already adding multitasking in the folders, which is something we saw in 4.0 in for the iPhone. Printing, which is going to be absolutely phenomenal. And all the other fun stuff they've added already with Game Center and, you know, keyboard and dictionary enhancements. Did you see all they were um, playing that game for, um... Oh, that sword game? Yeah, the, I de they actually had the demo out of the uh, in the app store to download and to play around with it. Oh my god. That game looks amazing on the iPhone 4. The graphics, it's, it's unbelievable. You gotta download it. I'll play it on my iPhone 3GS, but oh. without a doubt, probably not gonna be as good. Oh, I mean, just not just for the graphics, but for like the gameplay, because it's like you put your one thumb up and to look around, and the other thumb to move around. When that actual game comes out, that game should be awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I could see it now. It's so cool. <laughs> Alright, well that, I think, just about sums it up for our little mini-review of Apple's music events. Um, is there any last words you'd like to get in, Kyle, about the iPods that they released? Go Apple. <laughs> that worked. Well, I mean, honestly, you know, it was a great event. I liked the fact that they did it live and I was able to watch it. That was really cool. The Nano is a complete fail, and I think that needs a lot of attention next year. The Shuffle, yeah, you know, it's a Shuffle. iPod Touch, really great update. Apple TV, yeah, I'm sold. I'm getting an Apple TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much sums it up for me. I mean, the Apple TV is definitely something that I think is going to be intriguing a lot of people. iPod Touch is just, once again, taking another step to becoming a iPhone without a contract, which it kind of already is. And the iPod Shuffle, you know, is a shuffle. What are you really going to do about it? And the Nano has just completely and utterly failed on Apple's part. But we'll see what they say about it next year with another musical Mac event. Steve Jobs, you crushed my dreams of buying a nano. <laughs> <laughs>
So then, let's start here. The first one on Friday, September 24th, is the Mickey Mouse Club 55th Anniversary. And D23 describes it as, Join the original Masketeers, including Sharon, Brad, Doreen Tracy, Bobby Burke, Brewgrass, Terry Van Meter, Tommy Cole, for a magical walk down memory lane as they recall their favorite behind-the-scenes stories from the classic Disneyland attraction, Mickey Mouse Club Circus. So the Mickey Mouse Club Circus was um, an original um, show at Disneyland. If you have the um, Walt Disney Treasures DVD with the Disneyland, the, for Disneyland's 50th anniversary, um, they show some footage from this from the opening day, and it was basically just uh, like a circus show. Um, and I guess they're going to be talking about that as well as the 55th anniversary of the Mickey Mouse Club as well. And that's, that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you have all these past Musketeers coming along, and I'm sure there'll be a few surprises along the way, but it's the 55th anniversary of the Mickey Mouse Club, you know, such an iconic TV program back when it first started, so... And I guess uh, we should mention also that um, since the Expo is going to be um, a bi-yearly event, uh, Destination D will take place uh, on the years that the Expo will not be held, so um, basically this is just a replacement for the Expo, and... Um, even though it doesn't matter now because tickets are sold out, uh, you, do, you do need to be a D23 member in order to attend this event. Unlike the Expo. Unlike the Expo, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how Disney's going to do this in between the D23 events. I mean, it's a good filler, I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, moving on with that day's events, we have Weird Disney. From the startling visuals of the 1930s... Franchio and Marco, Mickey Mouse idea of Vandible shows to Disneyland's Cap the Cruiser Aluminum Pig and the Crane Bathroom of Tomorrow, Disney's history has included some pretty offbeat stuff. Join Archives Director Becky Klein and Disney historian Paul Anderson as they act as your tour guides on a fun-filled, irrelevant, and often surprising road trip through the wonderful, weird, and wacky side of Disney. That, off the description, sounds extremely interesting. Yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. And Becky Klein is going to be replacing Dave Smith as the Archives president. So I'm sure that's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I, I don't know what to expect from this. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. There's a reason why it says Weird Disney. Exactly. Moving right along here, we have From Quirky to Collectible, The Wonderful World of Disneyland Merchandise. Curiouser and Curiouser, from the Mark Train Riverboat AM radio to the Matterhorn Bank, we will present a treasure trove of timeless trinkets and unique souvenirs. Merchandise Mavens, Stasia Martin, and Paul Anderson, and Disney Archives' Robert Klein will take you to a collector's cloud nine, including the top five rarest pieces of Disneyania and the top five strangest items of Disneyland memorabilia. You won't believe what they have found. That's going to be pretty awesome. I, I guess they probably went to the archives to find a lot of stuff that they're going to be showing off, so that's going to be pretty cool. The world of Disney merchandise is far, and, you know, there's from the really expensive, really cool stuff to, you know, just the out there stuff so yeah i can't wait to see what uh that, what they're going to be showing that's going to be really cool hopefully they have some fun and stuff that'd be really cool yeah maybe the hot dog slows will make an appearance yeah you never know that'd be awesome yeah. right along with today's events is the 1964 new york world fair and development of audio animatronic characters as d23 describes it with so many incredible Disney achievements over the years, it's hard to pick one as the most impressive. But one milestone, Disney's contribution to the 1964 World's Fair, arguably stands far and above any other for its impact on Disneyland, the dawn of Walt Disney World, and now, the Disney theme park experience around the world. 
Hosted by historian Paul Anderson, this is a fascinating and remarkable story of how 50 years ago, Walt and his Imagineers broke the barriers of technology and pioneered an entirely new chapter in the history of entertainment, and in doing so, drastically changed the course of Disney theme park history. Yeah, so basically, I think they're going to go over um, how the uh, 1964 World's Fair basically, and the development of audio animatronics basically, has given us the experience that we have in theme parks today. I mean, audio animatronics are fascinating things. I mean, they've pioneered that technology so much that honestly, half of these things look so lifelike. Yeah, one of the things I'm actually looking forward to uh, when I go to Disneyland is to see the great, the new great moments in Mr. Lincoln attraction with the new Lincoln uh, animatronic that they have. There. Apparently, he is the most uh, technological uh, animatronic that they put to date. So it's gonna be really cool to see that. Yeah, I mean, that the nail, the 1964 World's Fair was such a big moment in the history of Disney. Continuing on our wonderful, wow, we have a lot of events booked up in one day. We <laughs> really do have you going. Well, it starts at 9 a.m. and then it goes till 10.30 at night, so. <laughs> Moving right along is Imagineering the Magic of Disney. Disney legend Marty Sklar hosts a prestigious panel of some of Disney's most creative minds made up of Imagineering legends and current Im- Imagineers. You know, this panel includes Bob Gurr, David Durham, Blaine Gimson, Kathy Megum, Kevin Rafferty, and other Imagineers share their memories and favorite moments about creating iconic iconic attractions at the world's most popular theme parks. Yeah, this is definitely going to be the e-ticket event of this whole two days. Um, just to see Marty Squire and all these amazing Imagineers who I've never seen in person before. It's just going to be awesome. I cannot wait. <laughs> it, from looking at the other events, this is definitely the e-ticket event. Absolutely. Not that the other events aren't. This one's got probably the most the stars of, of all the others, I think. Right, you got the top Imagineers ever in Disney, so... I'm a little bit disappointed that I don't see Exitensio in there, but maybe he'll pop up at some point. You never know. E-Ticket, music from the Disney parks. As part of the, the, this year's inaugural Disney Legends celebration, D23 members are invited to join some of Disney Legends for a concert of music from the past and present of Disneyland Resort. Highlighting the concert will be Disney legend Richard Sherman, who along with his brother Robert Sherman, have contributed a multitude of songs to the Disney Parks legacy, including It's a Small World, The Tiki 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 Room, There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, and many more. And members of Disney employees choir all playing tribute to some of the most enduring tunes in the Disney camp. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I assume, I, I, I might be wrong, but I think they're putting this one in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, because the events are going on until 10.30 at night. Mm-hmm. And um, the park closes at, I believe, 8. So I have a feeling that this might be in the park, but I'm not quite sure. I don't know how they're going to fit a, a whole choir into the ballroom. I mean, the ballroom is pretty big, but... Uh, yeah, no, they'll, they'll probably do this one in the park. Yeah, but... I have a feeling they'll be in the park. Alright, and then that's it for Friday. So, so far, the event sounds absolutely, you know, a must to go to. You look at these events, and this should have been sold out months ago, but D23 has controlled the events a little bit better than they have in the past. Mm-hmm. That's why I've been able to go to these events this year. <laughs> so, I mean, it's good to see that they're controlling it a little bit more than they have in the past, so that's good. And then there's Saturday. And then there's Saturday. So, they're, the first event of the day is Disneyland Through the Eyes of Television. Archivist Rob Glenn presents the unique look at the history of Disneyland as it was first seen by the general public on television. This presentation includes Walt's first announcement of Disneyland, highlights from the original Disneyland television series uh, showing progress of the park and classic anniversary specials, as well as rarely seen promotional spots from Disneyland. From the 60s and 70s of the Matterhorn, the Main Street Electrical Parade, New Tomorrowland 1967, 
and much more. So basically, I think they're just going to be showing um, the progress of Disneyland uh, from the Disneyland TV show that uh, Walt hosted um, throughout the construction of Disneyland. Won't pretty much uh, updated the fans uh, throughout that TV show mm-hmm. of how Disneyland was being built, uh, what ideas he had, and even after Disneyland opened, he still updated the show with all new kinds of attractions that were coming. Um, so I think that's probably we're probably going to see a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, and most of this footage really hasn't been seen since the 60s and 70s, so... A lot of it hasn't, but I think since the Walt Disney Treasures DVDs has to come out, a lot of that has been released, but a lot of people don't buy those DVDs, so unless you have those DVDs, you probably haven't seen this footage. Right, I mean, it, it sounds, you know, you're going back to the way most people in America saw it on television, so... Right. Alrighty. Alright, so the next one is Disney Undiscovered. So the 2010 D23 member skip was Disney Undiscovered, which was a calendar that basically had uh, all kinds of artwork of attractions that were never built. So basically this uh, panel is going to be talking about all kinds of the Disney attractions that were built. The D23 site says, join us for a behind-the-scenes look at the fascinating details about these rare, never-produced park attractions and the Imagineers who dreamed them up. Mm. So that sounds pretty cool. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it sounds, you know, they're probably finally going to go in-depth of what they put on the calendar. Really, I think, awesome to see, you know, all these attractions that were thought up but just never made it into the parks. Mm-hmm. You know, and to think that now it could still be there. And the next one is Disneyland, the happiest place in pop culture. A humorous and informative journey through 55 years of popular culture as referenced in the original Magic Kingdom, featuring rarely seen photos and film clips. The presentation hosted by Disney authorian Timothy O'Dale will take you down memory lane, narrowly escaping bad fashions, bad hair, and bad park entertainment, and events and attractions that that definitely belong in memory lane. So Timothy Timothy O'Dale was uh, one of the hosts at the Haunted Mansion 40th anniversary event last year. And he's a really funny guy. I think he, I don't know if he's an Imagineer or not. I think he's just uh, part of Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I guess this is just going to be like a humorous look at 55 years. And the stuff that worked and the stuff that didn't. Yeah, and basically how people are dressed and stuff like that. I think that's just going to be like a fun little presentation. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Disneyland the way we were. Remember the Mickey Mouse Club Circus? Chicken of the Sea Pirate Ship? TWA Rocket to the Moon? Join Chief Archivist Dave Smith as we explore some benches, images of Disneyland. First, some rare color photographs taken during the park's construction, which is really going to be cool. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> then look at some beloved gone but not forgotten attractions, shops, and restaurants. Throughout this presentation, Dave will reminisce about early visits to Disneyland, taking the audience back to some classic moments in the park's rich history. That, that's just an awesome presentation. I mean, you know, as I think what why Disney has so many fans and stuff is because, you know, everybody remembers the past stuff and what the park was or whatever, and that's why, you know, there's just some of these things where you gotta remember, you know, it's such a part of everybody's childhood that it's gonna be nice to at least visit them one more time. Mm-hmm. And also those photographs taken by the park construction are gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have um, the Disneyland Secret Storage and Magic TV, they actually have... Uh, rare footage of the park being constructed constructed, and you can actually see Walt driving on his bicycle throughout it. So I mean Walt, right after his apartment was built there, he lived in the park even when it was being built. So, And the next one is a word from the president. So the Disneyland president, George Calagridis, will share a very special presentation with D23. And I have a feeling by the next title of 
the event that it's going to have something to do with World of Color. The Wonderful World of Vintage Disneyland in Color. Ed Holman and Imagineer Tony Baxter share a ton of archived treasures and screen rarely seen color footage of Disneyland from the 50s and 60s. So basically, I think they're just going to be showing uh, rare color photographs and video of the 50s and 60s because back then it was black and white. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be kind of cool to Disneyland color back then. You know, as you said, color wasn't really around back then, so it's going to be cool to see as you would see it for the first time walking into the park. Mm-hmm. All right, and the last one of the day, end of the entire event, Disneyland USA screening and panel. A big screen presentation of the classic 1956 People and Places feature at Disneyland USA, followed by a panel featuring members of the film's historian team, Disney managers and Disney legends who experienced the park. Firsthand during those early days, including Tony Baxter, Ed Holman, Dave Smith, Jerry Bumpaz, and hosted by Tim V. O'Day. You seen this film before, Mark? I haven't, but this I think is if if the other event was the e-ticket event, this is I think up there with it. Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, the film is pretty cool. It's uh, basically a helicopter shot along with some other sh- still shots of Disneyland back in 1956, and it's on the Walt Disney Treasure TV, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe Tony Baxter does the audio commentary on that as well. And he'll be there. Yeah, exactly, so that's going to be pretty cool. So, looking back over these two days, I mean, are you excited for it, to say the least? I mean... I'm excited for the event. I think the event's going to be really spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more excited that I'm going to be actually at Disneyland, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's finally... Yeah, I've been feels. I've been having issues getting to Disneyland for years. Every time I book a trip, it's just for some reason it doesn't work out. But uh, yeah, I'm all booked and I'm ready to go. Yeah, I mean, as I said before, to say I'm jealous is an understatement. And um, I believe, yeah, actually, photos are going to be allowed in the event. Just no flash pictures, and maybe I'll be able to take some video as well off my iPhone. We'll see. Yes, it's going to be a lot of photos. I can tell. And with yep. that, I cannot wait to see what you're going to bring back and all these other people who are going to bring back. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, and especially from your first trip to Disneyland, that's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I'm really excited, but I'm more excited to uh, check out some of the uh, holiday overlays for some of the attractions. Mm-hmm. Han Mansion Holiday is going to be open by the time I head down there, and uh, the new Space Mountain goes galaxy as well. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really cool. All right, then, well, then, Kyle, thank you for, you know, going over your trip with us for Destination D, and, you know, we can't wait to hear all about it when you get back. No problem. A huge thanks once again to Kyle for joining me this week, and we would also like to hear your thoughts on either Apple's new iPods or D23's Destination D event, Disneyland 55. So email them to podcast at silvies.com, and you just might hear it right here on the show. From all of us here at the DizCast, thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to join us again, and until then... Have a magical week!